Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us on FASD Hope. Today's episode is titled, Advocating from Coast to Coast, a conversation with Lindsay Munns and Debbie Raymond. I have the pleasure of talking today with Lindsay Munns. Can you share with our listeners your story and how you became an advocate for the FASD community? Sure, I'd love to. Um, Like many, um, I didn't know much about FASD down the adoption journey, which is a beautiful journey, as many of some of us know. I mean, not everyone is an adoptive or foster parent, but it was a beautiful journey for us. And we know that God brought us our children and brought us to our birth mom. And, you know, there was no alcohol according to the paperwork, but we did start noticing um, some symptoms around eight months old and uh, we adopted twins and we're blessed to be there for their birth and they were just the sweetest little babies ever Um, but around eight months they both started having symptoms and very different symptoms in fact i wouldn't even have been able to connect the dots that they were even the same thing (laughs) because they were so different and if you study fasd and twins you will find that they are often very different when it comes to their symptoms so you know, it was around the eight month mark and we started kind of asking pediatricians and not getting any real answers and just, it's normal. They'll all grow it. You're overtired. You're a new mom. And we had also had a biological son three months after we adopted our twins. Um, so I had three little babies and it was such a a great time, but I, I could just tell they were all so different with their behaviors and symptoms that I knew in my gut that something was off. And so it was very frustrating for all the pediatricians. Um, And so we started kind of going through, you know, the symptoms of rolling things out and getting all the testing done to rule anything and everything out. And luckily we have an open adoption. So we were able to kind of communicate with the birth parents and see if there was any family history and, At some point, my neurologist asked me, do you think that there was any alcohol exposure? And I kind of paused and I said, well, I mean, it said no on the paperwork, but now that I'm thinking about it, it was an unplanned pregnancy. And so we were able to get confirmation from the birth parents that yes, there was a two month period where they were unaware they were pregnant. And so obviously just like anyone else would do, they just lived life as normal and Um, There was some social drinking involved in that first uh, couple months. So we were able to get a diagnosis for one of our boys um, at two and a half years old. And at that time, we kind of just started reading, learning, studying, taking any course we could find, any training we could find. And when you learn about it, you're just, your mind is blown, right? I mean, it's, there's just, it's everywhere. And you're like, the light bulbs are going off constantly as you're learning about it, not just with your own children, but with, with other people that you might know with, with, you know, just the whole gamut of all of the issues that FASD 
can cause. And so it was pretty um, mind blowing at the time. And that's how we came into the FASD world. And we just haven't looked back since because it now consumes our world because we kind of have to live, eat and breathe it. And it does kind of change everything. Let's talk about one of your reinventions, which is FASD Florida and the tireless advocacy that you and your husband are doing in the FASD community. Yeah. So, I mean, we, our advocacy started off more not on social media and I would still say it's not even the main focus of our advocacy um, because my husband um, is in the legal field. We have some really good connections. So we've spent a lot of time with, you know, getting the Orange County School Board trained on FASD, local schools trained, um, working with state senators to get more funding for FASD. So we're kind of, you know, a lot of our efforts are not being um, put onto social media, but then I I wanted to have a place to send people, you know, and I was sending them to different people's websites, but I just started an Instagram account just to kind of share information because I feel like social media has become so powerful, especially in the last couple of years. So it's still in the baby phases. And actually we, um, we have a whole new direction. We want to take that social media platform. Um, and that's, you know, stay tuned because that'll be coming in. I think it's going to be great, but, um, Right now, it's just a place where I'm sharing information, statistics, stories. People can reach out. I, I have had people reach out. And then I can direct them to further resources, diagnostic clinics, whatever it is they're needing, support groups if they're needing one. So it, that's what FASD.Florida is right now. I, I really started it at the beginning of COVID. Just So it's really brand new. And it's, like I said, you know, a very tiny part of what we're doing advocacy wise, but it's, it's good to have, you know, a social media presence because down the road, who knows what that will turn into. And already we can see what it's going to morph into hopefully for next year, you know, starting in January. So we do have plans for that. Um, Right now it's just sharing facts and, and stories about FASD. And being a resource, you know, and, yeah. and I, I've found in our journey that the best resources for us were usually other parents who went yes. through the same walk, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, connecting with you and yeah. the other mom advocates, because, yeah. you know, there are plenty of professionals out there, but unfortunately from what we found in the U.S., they don't get educated on fetal alcohol spectrum disorder in their curriculums. So all of the providers that we're relying on, I'd say, and I mean, they wouldn't like hearing me say this, but I would say that we know more than them and Mm -hmm. we have not gone to medical school. So, you know, we didn't go get, you know, our occupational therapy Mm -hmm. certificate or degree or whatever it is. um, And they're not being educated on it. And so that's, that's been frustrating. And so I think, like you said, other, parents who have been down this line. I mean, even you have offered me a bunch of great ideas of what type of providers to seek out. And, you know, other parents who are on this journey can definitely connect one another. And locally, even, you know, I do have an Orlando FASD support group on Facebook. And, you know, that's a place where we can share local resources like, okay, let's all try to go to the same psychiatrist so he can start to see the patterns. (laughs) Right. So that because a lot of times, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've gone into a provider's office and they're like, 
you just need to be stricter and you need to go to ABA. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. okay, well we did try ABA on our own for the first couple years because that was before we had a diagnosis. So we were like, let's try something. And so we tried that for a couple of years. It didn't help us. And if you read about ABA and FASD, it's not always nope. the best fit. Right. It usually is not the best fit unless you find a really great therapist. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really frustrating to hear that over and over and over again from the providers that are supposed to be helping and treating our kiddos. So I think it, I think for us in our Orlando support group, it's been nice to reach out to local parents and be like, Oh, well, you know, at least he's seen, you know, this doctor seen other FASD kiddos. And if they start hearing enough of the same things and patterns, maybe they'll catch on kind of a thing. Um, so there's that too, that we're doing, which is very small in comparison to some other things we're doing, whether it's big or small, it helps. (laughs) And, and we'll share that um, information if anybody is interested in, in reaching out. I love how you are focusing on the hope and the joy because that's where we're at. And there's no reason to not have joy just because there's FASD because there's so much joy in it and nothing makes us happier than our children. Like as they are, as God Mm -hmm. made them and we are just so blessed and that we're, we're, so thank you for shedding a a hopeful light on FASD. (laughs) And that's what I hope this podcast will be is, is just a voice of hope for FASD because we, we have, we need to be informed and, and you and I both know we, oh my goodness, we've done so much research and reading and training and everything. And we know our statistics and we know, you know, we know what we know to, to have that, you know, five minute elevator talk with somebody or, you know, that conversation, that phone conversation. But, but in addition to that, you know, the piece that is missing, which I hope this can fill in some way is, is just to give people hope, you know, hope to parents, hope to caregivers, hope to grandparents, hope, hope to those who live with an FASD. I mean, there's gotta be hope. It's just been, um, it's been awesome knowing you and we've never met in person, but I feel like, you know, if we did, we probably would, you know, non-COVID just embrace each other because, (laughs) you know, I mean, one day we will, we will, we don't live that far and you've got family in Florida. So we'll make it (laughs) happen. That's right. That's right. That's right. So again, Lindsay Munns of FASD Florida. Thank you so much for being on our show. And we have Lindsay's information. Uh, FASD.Florida is her Instagram handle. And I will also put down the uh, contact information if you are in the Orlando area and interested in the online support group in our program notes as well. So Lindsay, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. I really appreciate it. So I'm talking with my friend and fellow parent advocate, Deborah Raymond. Debbie, welcome back to FASD Hope. Thank you, Natalie. I'm so honored to be here and so grateful that you've asked me to be a part of this. Debbie and I have connected. We've never met, but we've connected online and, you know, our stories have connected. Our journeys are very similar and our, you know, we, we have a lot in common, both having young adult sons that have an FASD. So today's topic is we're, we're talking about advocating from coast to coast. So Debbie, you're out in the West Coast of Washington State. Can you share with us some important facts or points about FASD 
and being a parent advocate that you would like other parents to know? The first thing I would say to you as a parent advocate is that your voice matters. Your child or your children, um, they really need you to be their champion and um, for awareness, for education, for whatever that is, to be that shining light out there for them because there isn't a lot of awareness. So if you can be their voice, you know, go out there and do it. Don't be afraid to do that. Take that first step. The other thing is for me, and I'm continuing to do that right now, is you need to continually be educated and informed. So take trainings, read all the books you can. Um, Nate Sheets, Behavioral Health, Diane Malvin's book. You know, there's so many much more good resources out there than there were when I started learning. Um, So continue to teach yourself so you are educated enough yourself so you can be that voice and be that advocate. Keep talking to people. Step out there and talk to people. If you're out on the street with someone and and it's maybe someone from church and maybe someone that you think might be someone you want to add to your team, you know, say, hey, you know, what do you know about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder? You know, don't be afraid to, to talk to that person. A lot of people don't know. Some people do know. And you're going to start opening doors with people and, um, you know, slowly getting that information out there. Just keep continuing to do that. And you're going to rock it. You know, we need more of you. We need more parents out there doing this. And, and I know you can do it. Debbie, such wonderful answers. I love your points and how tangible you are presenting them to parents who hopefully will become FASD advocates. Debbie, you and I both know that there are never enough advocates in the FASD community. So I am so appreciative of that advice that you are sharing with our audience. Let's talk about advice uh, (laughs) on the topic of advice. Let's just talk about more advice um, that you have as an FASD advocate. What advice can you give to those who are kind of on the fence about should they become parent advocates or maybe they don't know if they can do it. What advice can, can you offer to them? What I can tell them is this, that they can do it. I'm a person of faith. So I believe that you are that child or those children's parents for a reason. And um, you have a mission or a purpose or something beyond just your child and your relationship to share with the world. And that's just how I look at it. You know, you may look at it differently, but I really think we all have been given our children for a reason. And part of that reason is that, you know, that we need to become advocates. We need your voice, parents. And I started, you know, first, as I said before, with being more educated myself, getting more training. And then I started building a team. That's the use the term that I use as a team. And that means a group of supportive people that can be around your child, that understand your child, whoever you have in your life and whoever you want to continue to be in your life. Teach them about FASD. Let, you know, in little chunks, just like you've learned yourself and just like you would your child, you know, make sure that they know it each step of the way and can be a part of your life. And then they become fellow advocates, you know, eventually with you as well. And part of that advocacy and building your team and stuff is also setting boundaries within your family and with within people, you know, so it's kind of twofold here. Um, you need to 
you know, maybe eliminate some of the people who haven't been as understanding and embracing of your child and your family and, your, and the dynamics that you are now. We need to love and, and um, embrace the life and the family that we have, you know, not wish for it to be a certain way. And then once you have like kind of your inner circle, you start working and advocating within those people within your family, you want to, you know, build from there and, and go to your schools, um, your child's school, you know, make them part of your team. You know, you want to approach them in a loving, you know, respectful manner. You know, you want them to be there for your child, to understand your child. You don't want to make them an enemy. And I know this is really hard because I've been through it myself, but, you know, take baby steps there. You know, you might have to do it a little chunk at a time. <laughs> From there, your church, um, other people in your community, doctors, um, your child's doctor, start the conversation with, you know, what do you know about FASD? If they know something, build from it. If some of it's inaccurate, you know, approach it in a way, well, these are the current facts and, you know, go armed with statistics and information that you know. Um, if they know nothing, you have a clean slate. You have a lot to share with them. Um, and you'll know by the look in their eyes or, you know, if you're in person or if you're on the phone, you know, you, you won't be able to read that, obviously, but, but you can usually tell by a person's reaction whether they're receptive of having this kind of information and just take that, you know, you've got your foundation and then you put up your walls and you get the idea. So you just need to keep building on that. And, you know, my biggest thing to you is don't ever give up. Look at your child's face in your eyes, you know, when they have other people in their life who understand them and, and you can see the advocacy is doing some good. Debbie, you're bringing up an awesome point on how important it is for us to have a team, you know, when we advocate and when we are teaching others about FASD or when we're spreading awareness, we can't do it all by ourselves, even though oftentimes it feels like we do, or we, we actually do, but it, it's important to have others to, to be there with you and to also network and support others who are advocating as well. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why you and I clicked because we recognized the value in, you know, our, our stories are similar, you know, our sons are chronologically around the same age. And, and also, you know, we've shared stories about, you know, how our sons are, are undergoing this transition of teens to young adulthood. And I really just appreciate the positive support that you bring to the advocate community. So I, I, well, I exactly, love Exactly, Natalie. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I'm glad that you shared that part because I feel that you are part of my team and I'm part of your team. I mean, the more we can connect with other parents, you know, via social media, however we connect, you know, however God brings these people into our lives, we, you know, are, you're in North Carolina and I'm in Washington state and we've never met, but I feel very connected to you. And yes. I feel yes. that my child is in good hands because he has someone like you out there too advocating for him. So. And, and I think what you're doing with your advocacy and what Lindsay is doing with her advocacy and the way my husband and I started um, FASD Hope, we all realize, and, and all of the parent advocates out there, we all realize, number one, the importance of this, you know, that, that people need to talk and be aware and know about FASD. And number two, that we need to support each other, you know, and 
Number three, like you've said, um, it's really important for us to share our stories um, because we connect. When you shared your story about your son, I felt a connection, you know, immediately and I shared mine. And and so that's like, I, I really feel like that what we're doing is God's plan of us bringing hope to, to those out there because you and I and Lindsay, we all know that for Every one of us who who is speaking about FASD and who is trying to help somebody else, you know, who is a parent or a caregiver, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of, of families out there that that don't know the next step. So I, I think it's important for us to. I like to say we're like guideposts in the road. You know, um, we're not. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a. You know. Uh, professional FASD expert as a, as a parent with lived experience, just like you, just like Lindsay, we have an experience that other parents appreciate and other care caregivers appreciate. So that, that gives me hope. And again, I just enjoy talking to you, whether we text each other um, or, you know, through social media, because you have such a positive outlook, which is contagious. And well, thank uh, you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I can't wait until I can meet you in person someday. <laughs> oh, no, I think it's going to be a hoot. <laughs> I know. I know. I think we're going to have like a caregiver, uh, like meetup party sometime after COVID. <laughs> so we can all just, you know, enjoy each other's company. That so would be great. As we end this wonderful episode about advocating from coast to coast, I like to have what what we call a hope takeaway. What words of hope can you give to parents, caregivers, loved ones of a child, parent, teen, young adult that has an FASD or another brain-based diagnosis? Thank you for those comments too about being a guidepost or whatever, because I sure wish that, you know, Natalie and I had had guideposts when we started our journey. So I hope that, you know, we can be guideposts and beacons to other parents out there and, and help encourage them to take those first steps for advocacy uh, for their children, because it is really important. And, and you can do it, everybody. You can. I just, again, want to encourage you to always wake up in the morning and know you have hope. It's a fresh new day and you need to take care of yourself and fill your cup with hope and, and then do the same for your child. And hopefully, with that hope, you will get the courage or whatever it is. And, and yes, you can do this um, to become a voice and an advocate for your child. And I wish you all the luck and success with that. And know, like we've said before, both Natalie and I, you're not alone. We are here for you. You can reach out to me. And um, you have a team and all of us and a family in the FSA, FASD community. That is fantastic. Debbie, thank you so much for sharing. And I love that expression, fill your cup with hope. That, that is awesome. And thank you, Debbie, for being on this episode of FASD Hope, which we are calling Advocating from Coast to Coast. If you would like to reach out to Debbie, you can find her at her FASD account on Instagram. And her handle on Instagram is FASD underscore strong. So Debbie, thank you once again for being on FASD Hope. You're welcome, Natalie. It's been my pleasure. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, 
check out fasdhope.com. Or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember, to be informed, take care, and always have hope.